Welcome to St. Agnes Quick Talks. If you'd like to support this podcast, visit churchofstagnes.org and click on the donate button. Just a few weeks ago, we talked about Father Walter Chiswick and his experience, his dependency on God amidst the trials of the Gulag. And today we're going to look at another figure, another faithful son of the church who endured a considerable amount of suffering. Ignatius Cardinal Kung Pim Mei was the Bishop of Shanghai from 1950 to 2001, and he spent 30 years in a Chinese prison for opposing the Chinese Patriotic Catholic Association. To speak to us about Cardinal Kung, we recruited the renowned Father Joseph Katursky. Father Joseph Katursky is an American Jesuit priest, philosopher, author, and associate professor at Fordham University in the Bronx. Since 1994, he has served as editor-in-chief of International Philosophical Quarterly. Just last month, in April of 2020, Father Joseph Katursky was named the new director of the Cardinal Kung Foundation. If you would like to learn more about Cardinal Kung, visit cardinalkungfoundation.org. This is Father Joe Katursky at Fordham University in the Bronx, and I'm happy to speak with you today about a hero of mine, Cardinal Ignatius Kung Pin Mai, born in 1901 and died in the year 2000, and one who suffered very much for the church, one who led the church in China in truly heroic service. Cardinal Kung was born as the eldest child of a family that was Christian for, at very least, five generations. Early on, he discovered a vocation to the priesthood, and he was ordained at age 30 in May of 1930. He did pastoral work for a number of years and was appointed to serve as a teacher and then an administrator in various schools, and he did so with distinction, despite the difficulties that China was facing at that time, especially in Shanghai, where Shanghai was under the jurisdiction of the Japanese military who occupied Shanghai from 1937 until shortly after the end of the war in 1946. And even at the war's end, China was engaged in a civil war that led to the capture of Shanghai by the Communist People's Liberation Army in May of 1949. So these are very trying times, but the young Father Kung served with great distinction and great loyalty and great fidelity. In June of 1949, he was appointed as the first bishop of the newly created Diocese of Suchow, he waited until October 7, 1949, to be consecrated. That is the Feast of Our Lady of the Holy Rosary. His appointment as bishop came as part of the Vatican's program to appoint native Chinese, native-born Catholic bishops for China. It was a program that Pope Pius XI had begun in 1926, and so here was a, a young priest of great distinction who was appointed to one of the newly created dioceses there. But then, very soon, he was transferred to the Diocese of Shanghai as the first Chinese-born bishop of the largest city in China. That occurred in June of 1950. Right from the beginning, he made it his practice to be as conciliatory as possible in dialogue and yet to be utterly uncompromising on the fundamental principles of Christianity. 
One sees throughout his time, when he was still free and able to exercise his role as bishop, and then throughout the long years that he spent in prison, that he always had a strong love of his country. But he was very much opposed to the approach that was championed by the Chinese Catholic Patriotic Association. He wanted to insist on an unflinching loyalty to the Pope and to the Roman Catholic Church, and he maintained that attitude for 30 years, more than 30 years of imprisonment. In the face of the relentless and ever-growing persecution of Christianity by the communist authorities from 1949 on, the young Bishop Kung attempted to strengthen the clergy and the faithful, but he was arrested along with many of his fellow priests and with various Catholic lay leaders during the night of September the 8th into the 9th of 1955. That ended his service as a free individual, and now for the remainder of his time in China, he was arrested and imprisoned, and then much later toward the end under house arrest. That night of September 8th, September 9th, 1955, hundreds of police simultaneously raided Catholic parishes, convents, institutions of various sorts, and charges were drummed up, various kinds of allegations about anti-revolutionary activities. Then they were subjected to relentless interrogations in the course of their imprisonment. Some five years into his imprisonment, in early 1960, Bishop Kung was offered one last chance, as they put it, to cooperate with the government by denouncing the Pope and recognizing the Chinese Catholic Patriotic Association. His response deserves our consideration here. He said as follows, If I were to consider, it would have meant in my mind that perhaps it would be possible to leave the Holy Father and still remain as a Catholic. My better judgment told me that this was an impossibility. I am a Roman Catholic bishop. If I denounced the Holy Father, not only would I not be a bishop, I would not even be a Catholic. You can cut off my head, but you can never take away my duties. I think that's a very stirring quote that shows the sterling moral character and the fiber of the man, for he had endured much hardship in prison, and yet he did not break. He was tried in a formal court trial in Shanghai in March of 1960, along with 13 other defendants, and at that time he was sentenced to life imprisonment and stripped of all his political rights. Western newspapers carried the story of that trial, and unlike their very minimal coverage at the time of his arrest in 1955, the newspaper stories made clear that the bishop's conduct had absolutely nothing to do with revolution against the Chinese state, and that his condemnation at that curious trial in 1960 was simply an unvarnished attempt by the government to equate loyalty to the Holy See with treason. Very, very false. The years of his imprisonment were simply brutal in every respect. 
Bishop Kung was then not seen or heard from by the outside world until 1985. At that point, after these long years of imprisonment, 30 altogether, he was removed from prison and put under house arrest under the watch of the Chinese Catholic Patriotic Association. Rome, however, always remembered him and always prayed for him. In fact, during that period of his imprisonment, even though there was no contact with him, Pope John Paul II was very alert to this faithful bishop, one whom there was every reason to trust that he was absolutely solid in his faith. At the consistory that happened in June in 1979, the new Pope John Paul II created one cardinal in pectore and did not announce his name. It would only be disclosed later. During the period of his house arrest that began in 1985, the Archbishop of Manila, Jaime Cardinal Sin, finally succeeded in gaining access to Bishop Kung. He had tried repeatedly before that. He had made numerous requests to visit Bishop Kung, but had been repeatedly refused access. When, in 1985, Cardinal Jaime Sin was finally given permission to make a visit, the Patriotic Association still tried to use that meeting to give itself good publicity for the treatment that they were giving to Bishop Kung. There was a very formal banquet, and Cardinal Sin was conveniently seated at the opposite end of a very long banquet table on the opposite side from Bishop Kung, so that they would have no opportunities for any private conversation. But wisely, Jaime Cardinal Sin proposed that each person present at the table sing a brief song as a way to celebrate what the government press was calling a friendship visit. Well, when it came to the turn for Bishop Kung, he looked directly across the table, passing by the gaze of 20 people seated on each side of the table from the Catholic Patriotic Association. He looked directly at Cardinal Sin, the first Catholic bishop he had been able to see since 1955, and he sang a song that communicated everything he needed to sing. It is the song, Tu es Petrus, et superhunc petram edificabo ecclesiam meam, a Latin song for you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Thereby, Cardinal Kung communicated to Cardinal Sin his continued loyalty, his devotion to the Holy See, even when he was prevented from doing so in any private conversation. He did not know anything about it, the fact that he had been named a cardinal in pectore. Finally, on January the 5th, 1988, the Chinese government made the unexpected announcement of the termination of Bishop Kung's house arrest. From all we can tell, they feared that he might be proclaimed a martyr if he died while in custody. So at that point, the bishop's nephew, Joseph Kung, traveled to China in order to accompany the bishop on the trip out of China, taking him to Stamford, Connecticut, where he and his wife lived. This was all coordinated with the U.S. State Department, 
and with the Apostolic Nunciature in Washington. He lived then in Stamford, Connecticut, in ill health, but doing everything he could, continuing for the church in China. In May of 1991, Bishop Kung traveled to Rome to meet Pope John Paul II, and at that time, John Paul II told him of his elevation to the Cardinal of College of Cardinals back in 1979 in Pectoré. On May 29, 1991, it was announced to the world, to the great applause of all those who was assembled there in recognition of Kung's very tremendous fidelity and long-suffering for the Church. The final years of Cardinal Kung's life were lived in Stamford at the home of his nephew, and he died there in the March of 2000. This is a hero of great fidelity to the Church, willing to suffer anything for the sake of fidelity to Christ and to his vicar, and I'm happy to tell you about him. God bless you.